I am Alexander, founder of CompareThePodcast.com.au, where we compare podcasts from iTunes. At present, Bounty Hunter Banter has very few iTunes reviews and is currently wedged between podcasts about antique Russian nesting dolls and show about unicorns doing horrible things to each other. Bounty Hunter Banter needs 10 seconds of your help. Please go to iTunes, search for your favorite beer and pop culture podcast, leave review and 5 stars. For information about horny unicorns and Russian dolls, come to comparethepodcast.com.au. For hilarious beer and pop culture banter, please visit iTunes or bhbanter.com.au. Simples. Welcome back to Bounty Hunter Banter for your regular dose of beer and pop culture. I'm Dan and I'm joined with the one and only Pete for today. Howdy. Uh, unfortunately, Chris can't make it today. He had a late night at work, we think. Either that or he got very drunk after work and uh, couldn't couldn't drag his ass out of bed at uh, nine o'clock on a uh, Sunday morning. Although when, daylight savings did kick in this yeah, morning, yeah. so just, he lost an hour of recovery. Just about to say that we'd lost an extra hour of sleep, so uh, I um, I only got like four hours myself, so... Um, I just want to start off by saying thanks to everybody that came down to the Pump House uh, a couple of weeks ago for our uh, the Pump House World 8 Grand Prix um, and our launch of our World 8 uh, Peach and Raspberry Sour. Uh, it was great to talk to a whole bunch of people from the industry again. Um, we had a great night and thanks to everybody that listens to the podcast that came and said hello and um, gave us some feedback. Uh, thankfully, it was all good. Um, said they were really enjoying listening to it. So thanks to all the guys that did that. We really appreciate it. And make sure if you come down to more events, please pull us aside, have a chat. We really love talking to you guys because, um, I mean, without you guys listening, we would just be probably still talking recording, but talking to <laughs> ourselves um, and wouldn't give us as much motivation to keep doing what we do. So uh, on on the podcast side and on the beer side. So thank you very much to everybody. Uh, thanks to all the industry people and thanks to uh, Phil and Sophie for letting us uh, take over their top level and bring a whole bunch of industry people down for the uh, for the evening. It all went uh, very well and congratulations to Moondog, uh, who were the industry winners and the Pink Flamingos team for uh, for winning the uh, the massive loot bag that uh, all the industry guys dropped in. So, uh, fuck, there were some good names on the night too in terms of the teams. I think there was Chode Blast. Yeah. Uh, the the blue waffles, blue waffles, pink flamingos. That's probably the tamest in terms of sexual connotation. So yeah, it was good. At least you can put them up on social media and not worry about the yeah the, exactly yeah. <laughs> the, don't the fallout. To, don't, yeah, don't have to worry about the fallout from that. I just wanted to also, while we're on the topic, just say a quick, really big thanks to everyone that joined us on the podcast on the night. It was really cool to get get a couple of live uh, opinions. I had a great chat with a few of the guys. Quite a lot of uh, recurring guests. We had Alistair. Uh, we had Tom, we had from uh, Uncle Hops, we had Chris came in and out a couple of times. He was mostly even, just even, annoying us while we were doing it. Even when he wasn't on the microphone. <laughs> he was screaming. Can't tell you how hard it was to edit his voice out in the background. Um, who else did we have? We had Brad Bishop and his friend, uh, oh, that's going to bug me. I'm really sorry, dude. <laughs> I, sh- I walked straight into that, didn't I? We had Justin from Craft Beer Crew. We had Doc from Doctor's Orders uh, and we had Mark. Uh, Chris's brother. And James. And James. And I just wanted to say a huge personal thanks to James. He spent most of the night sitting there guarding the gear so I could walk around and talk to people. So And making sure nobody tripped over microphone cords. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, huge thanks to you too, James. Thanks, mate. Cool. Uh, thanks, everyone, again. Um, so today we have uh, another beer from Hop Nation, the Damned Pilsner, 4.8%. Hop Nation's from Victoria. Uh, we have then uh, three international guests. We have Omnipolo and Buxton, original ice cream pale ale. They're from the UK. That's a collaboration. You're not looking forward to that one, I Dan. I am so not looking forward to that one. <laughs> uh, 5.6%. Uh, we have another one from Buxton Brewery, not a collaboration, just their standard one. Uh, Troll Tunga, it's a gooseberry sour IPA, 6.3%. Uh, and Anger, uh, A-N-A-G-E-R, Anger? A-N- They're from Denmark, so there's probably some way to pronounce it. Um, Undoubtedly. Uh, f- and Wicked Weeds Brewing from the US, a collaboration there, and I didn't write down what it was, but that's the Mandarin Man, that's the, yeah, uh, cool. the fruity IPA, I'll read the bottle when we get it out, that's at 7%. So we have, uh, straight off the bat, we have Hop Nation, the Damned Pilsner. I love these guys. Yeah. I, I really do. I mean- I just it, saw the bottle and recognized the uh, the label and I went, fuck it, we're going to try the whole, yeah. everything I can find from Hop Nation, yeah. I just want to try it all now. And that that is exactly the type of Pilsner I like. Yeah. And it, I, I, we've never tried a Pilsner on the show, I don't think. I'm almost certain we haven't. No. I would very much doubt we've tried very many lagers at all. I was going to say, I don't think we've tried any no, other, other no. lagers either. Um but it's it's nice and dry and crisp and really spicy New Zealand hop character. Yeah, there. you can smell the resin on it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a really really good pilsner. It's um slightly goldeny color, light white foam, but a really really good example of a a new world pilsner yeah. style. Really yeah. good, really really good. So they just keep going to strength to strength for me. I just um really enjoy everything they've been putting out at the moment. So. We'll, uh, Just enough um, bitterness to make it crisp without overpowering it. Oh, you know what? I'm down in Melbourne next week. Where are they? They're, I think I read they're in Footscray. Yeah, they are. Yeah, nice. Okay, well, I might I might source those guys out and if they actually have a uh, a venue. What's the IBU on it? Them out. I don't know. I don't, so know. I was, I don't think it says. I was reading on the plane. It was the only book I had and I've been meaning to read it for a while. Is um uh Guide to Tasting Beer, which uh, is kind of like the Cicerone course book. By... I don't remember who it's by. Yeah, I've I've got I've got it on the bookshelf inside. The forward basically said they never set out to write a Cicerone course guide, but that's kind of what it ended up being as a de facto book for that. Uh, and oh, okay, the, mine doesn't say that. So, well, it's uh, second edition, so he's oh, rewritten okay. a forward oh, for it. Already, it's a really right. interesting book, and and um, you know, I was going through. Uh, he's talking about how to taste beer and how to change your vocabulary and how the brain works in terms of processing smells and and taste and all the rest of it. And one of the interesting things I saw or read was. It takes up to 60 seconds for bitterness to register fully. Yeah. So when you're tasting a beer, you really need to give it a chance to develop the bitterness before you kind of articulate. 100%. And that's why when we're judging, we don't spit beer out like wine drinkers spit wine out because there's there's always that, that after follow-on effect. And we've done it subconsciously on the podcast. Yeah. We've all talked about it and talked about how the Well, flavors- Chris made a point in the first episode of saying it that he doesn't spit. So I assume that's what he meant. <laughs> I, I meant more of the flavour developing over time. We've we've sort of taken a mouthful, talked about it a little bit, and then all of a sudden before we're about to go and do something else, one of us has gone, oh, yeah, well, that's now coming through. So Yeah. And yeah. I'm actually on this. I'm, I'm getting quite a lot of citrus at the end. Yeah. All the, the nuts all coming from those New Zealand hops. I just I think it's probably Mocha Waker or something. There might, might be some Nelson in there, but uh, it's whatever it is is really good. Mm. Really, really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's a good summary beer. Yeah. It's a pity it's in a bottle and not a can, though. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen a Hop yeah, Nation bottle. Exactly. Yeah, 
Um, so hopefully you can get that in cans too, because I'd be I'd be well onto that. That's mm. really really good. Uh, first sort of pop culture topic. You just watched it, so let's uh, let's chat about the. I'm sure Chris will have some t- uh, things to pipe in about this when he's back on. But the uh, the Punisher trailer for the Netflix um, Marvel Punisher series, fucking epic, absolutely amazing trailer. I mean, it was just. One of the best trailers I've seen, not just for a TV show, but so well cut. Full stop, yeah. That music, like the the choice of using Metallic as one, yeah. a song about a seriously PTSD-affected person, about a TV show about a seriously PTSD-affected <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah. Um, uh, and timing-wise, the, every, the, every the part edit. of, yeah. Yeah. The edit of the edit of the trailer to go with a, no, a new edit of the, the song, yeah. uh, just perfect. But even down to... The, well, and the slow intro with the acoustic guitar and, and, exactly. and it exploring kind of the backstory behind his losing his family. Yeah, the emotional um, effect of that that slow intro. And, and then the straight into Go Fuck Yourself kind of rage, which is it, it matches the song perfectly. Exactly, yeah, and the, the, the timing of slotting all the clips. And, yeah, and the bullets. and the, yeah, yeah, and then the shots and, and then the, the trailer itself. I mean, the, the show looks amazing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It, uh, just, but it kind of reinforces something we've, we've mentioned a couple of times is just how much emotional reinforcement backing music has when you're watching something on TV. Yeah. Um, and it really does set the tone perfectly for, for Punisher. Yeah. I can't fucking wait, to be honest. Oh, nor can I. This is this is the first one where I've said to my wife, Louise, um, if she doesn't want to binge watch it, she's going to have to catch up because <laughs> I'm a huge Punisher fan. I've got two Punisher skulls tattooed on my chest. Yeah. One on that each. That kind of makes you a, yeah, a big one, fan. One on each uh, each shoulder, sort of collarbone, collarbone size. Um collarbone height uh, no no topless pics are going no, up on the website yeah, no topless pictures are going up um <laughs> but i mean i've had them on there for fuck 15 yeah, years or time. more i think that was probably the second the third tattoo i got yep um so i mean yeah we're talking early i was in my early 20s yeah wow um so yeah we're yeah, probably 15 years ago now um i've so i've been a massive punisher fan i've read punisher comics for a long time I've got a whole bunch of them in my comic book chest over there. I haven't gone back to the Punisher in a while, um, so I'd like to get back into the Punisher Max comics, which are like the adult R-rated ones. Yeah. It's uh, so, the only way to watch it, yeah. uh, to read it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, the the gunplay in it, mm. really, like it's my favourite type of gunplay. It's that real John Wick. Yeah. Close quarters, fast moving. And even down to um, just, I mean... You wouldn't notice it if it wasn't absent, but if you watch the trailer, when he takes out the dude with his, he's got a, uh, it looks like a submachine gun, like an MP5. It's not an MP5, it's something something a little bit larger, but he, he puts a couple of rounds in the guy's legs yeah. and then he twists it to use the uh, the iron sights, which are generally mounted on the side. So you generally have like a red dot scope on the top for mid, mid-range yep. and then an iron sight mounted on an angle. And he just twists it to put a couple of rounds in his head. And I yeah. thought stuff like that, you wouldn't have noticed if, it, if he hadn't done it. But the fact that he did shows obviously they've they've gone some consulting for for tactical combat for yeah. CQB. Is that what it's no CQ something close quarters combat CQC? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. That was that was exactly the scene I was talking about. That's my my favorite little thing. And they they got Keanu Reeves to do a lot of that stuff in yeah. uh, in um, John Wick. It makes uh, you wonder some of these career actors as to how much weird and random shit they've oh. learned to to properly take on roles. Anyone who's done a military movie. That has taken itself seriously with all the all the combat training. I know a lot of the actors go through. You've yeah. got some weapons walking around Hollywood, man. You you look at all the uh, like Keanu Reeves is a great example. All the proper kung fu training and weapons yeah. training he went through for the Matrix. 
um, and then all the hand-to-hand stuff. And, I mean, someone asked uh, Matt Damon about it. And Matt Damon. <laughs> Sorry. About, I don't think anybody can get away nah, with saying his name. He and fucking not hates that. it too. I've seen a couple of interviews. Oh, I'm sure he does. He's got a great <laughs> sense of humor, that he guy. Does. I do love him. Um, someone spoke to him about the fight scenes out of the Bourne yep. series and how much he retained of that. And he goes, no, I could do a very specific set of moves for a very specific scene if someone came to me in a very specific way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically none of the stuff that he did there kind of was retained, but watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss mm. trained proper Kung It was for, for well over 12 months. A too. long time, yeah. So some of that would have been retained. And yeah. They had just how well he moves at the age he is doing John Wick too as well. He, he yeah, looked, it shows that he's had, he's had training. Exactly. He's still he's still very very limber and very capable of doing those hand to hands and it, all that gunplay stuff. It's uh, even though obviously John Wick and Matrix are quite different. Yeah, the only thing I, I associate, excuse me, Keanu Reeves with the Matrix is um, the fact that he got paid three hundred and sixty million US for the for the trilogy. And I remember being a twenty something year old hearing that for the first time, and it's like, what do you do with three hundred and sixty million bucks? There isn't anything that you couldn't buy that, you know, I'm short of maybe an island. But He's such a humble man, though, Keanu Reeves. I, yeah. I, he's, I've, got, I've got a big soft spot for him, and he went through a lot of trouble when The Matrix was being filmed. Um, he lost his sister, and then he lost his wife. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. he, he went through a real bad period there. I think, I think it was after the first one or during filming of the first one. Shit. Real, real, bad, real bad patch he went through. So, um, and then he just kept going on, and I mean- Obviously, the money helps, but I'm I'm sure that like any amount of money doesn't pull you out of a hole. No, that, fuck uh, no. So I mean, he's come back from doing that, and he's such a cool dude. I mean, you watch him he on is. the he interviews. He's very down to earth on interviews, and he's just he's Bill and Ted. And, and <laughs> yeah, he like, is. and if they, they've mentioned about maybe doing another one of those, I mean, if they did another mm. one of those, I I see, I'd love it. I'd I'd go and see it just because. Seeing Keanu Reeves in interviews and knowing how much of the whoa <laughs> yeah. he actually is, uh, to to go and see him put that on again on film, I'd, I'd really. I could actually it. see it as a Big Lebowski style. It would, I think that it because it's kind of like the middle aged pot smokers. Yeah, and I know they never really talked about pot in, yeah, in Bill and yeah. Ted, but it was kind of implied just with the 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 style and the language. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah, was, I wonder what it was. Uh, Mike Myers. Is, yeah, it's, that'd be interesting, actually, having him. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers isn't in it. Where's my head at? Why do I... Uh, no, okay. it's not Mike. <laughs> I, I forget what the other guy's name is, but... Uh, not Mike Myers. <laughs> no, not my, definitely not Mike Myers. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck my head's at this morning. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a big ver- deviation yeah, from uh, Punish Trailer. But, yeah, great. Fucking looking so forward to go it. And, go and have a look at it. it. They haven't released a release date for it. They had... There was rumors of 2018, but when they released the trailer, they had 2017 with the day and the month blacked out. I'm pretty sure. It, well, I thought it was like November-ish time frame. I think that's been the the guess right. the guesstimate for it okay. is November. It, I mean, was that, we're in we're in October now. Yeah. They haven't got much time left. That's true. So yeah, it, it'll be it'll be soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm onto that. As soon as it comes out, I'm fucking I'm absolutely 110 percent on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of of um, not having timeframes, do we do we have the latest on when the Star Wars movie, the Han Solo movies, due out? Who freaking knows? Because they mean, keep pushing the, it back. It was May twenty eighteen. The you change know, of directors. I know. And things just, like that. So they've just, well, they're out, they're up to Ron Howard now, and I think we we mentioned it very briefly in last fortnight's podcast with with Tom Tom on the show. Um, 
it's going to have a very serious ending, or at least... Yeah, who knows? I mean, the, those other guys got fired for doing too much, well, the story goes, for doing too much improv and making it to Ace Venturi yeah. uh, on, on set. Warning, assholes are closer than they appear. Yeah, I mean, why they even thought that was going to fly? Um, I don't know. But, it, yeah. I mean, they sacked directors for the original trilogy for the same reason. I'm pretty sure Empire, they, they went through... One director before they got someone who was a lot more pliable to George Lucas's. No, well, the guy who directed it trust. wrote it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, for I Empire, think, I think in the end, yes. But okay. I'm almost certain. Well, maybe it wasn't Empire, but I know that uh, there was at least one director sacked throughout the the original trilogy. Yeah. Um. But how many have they gone through for Han Solo now? I think they're up to. They had a pair. Well, they were the pair. They sacked them. They got someone else in. They sacked them. I don't. And I'm pretty sure this is the fourth director. They might have. I don't remember them sacking a second person, but um, they might have had somebody else in mind that just ne- never got fulfilled. Yeah. So um, Lawrence Cadson wrote it with his son. Wrote the script for Han Solo. Yeah. Which is cool because he wrote the original uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So okay. Hopefully, we'll get a consistent tone for Han Solo. I kind of wish they weren't doing a Han Solo movie. I think there's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. So many tangential, um, you know, story. The whole point for me, and I think for most people, Star Wars has been the cult phenomenon it was because it was one of the first times they had put on screen a a, a story set in a universe that felt real because it was used and dirty and grimy. Yeah. It wasn't the universe was built for the plot. It was the universe is the universe and the plot just happens to be unfolding inside it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are so many cool storylines that have fuck all to do with the characters that we know from the trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. I just wish they'd start doing some of those. Yeah. And, I mean, you'd look at things like um, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. I caught one of those the other day. Um, it just happened to be on plain old TV on oh, really? a- ABC or something like that. Something really weird. I was flicking through and it was on there and it, and I've seen bits and pieces of it previously, but uh, I watched this one and it was very, it was about one of the guys, one of the crew members on the Ghost, uh, which is the the ship, yep. uh, and he had two other people, I'd say that with quotation marks because they were aliens, uh, from his race and his race was dying out. The Empire had destroyed their planet or something like that. So he was getting them to their, basically their Shangri-La, their, their mythical planet that was behind this right. nebula and everything like that. Uh, and then it went into, like he was, the, the crew member happened to be the chosen one and he had this staff, which was like kind of like Chewbacca's bowcaster, but yep. it, it came out into a, into a big long spear that had a crystal on it and that then he put that up to the ship computers and the, it started to crackle out yellow lightning and yeah, cool. it was it was driven through the force going through him going through the staff directing the ship and then uh, I think it's Ezra and I don't remember the the older Jedi in it but they ended up and they put their hands on his back and were channeling the force through him through, through the staff into the ship yeah exactly Fucking through cool. through them through him through the staff into the ship exactly. Um, and it was it was went back to that more of that old expanded universe where the yeah. force was this permeating big, yeah entity and, yeah. exactly and we we haven't really gotten a feel for that even I've read a couple of the new books uh, and you don't get that feel it is that very real used universe mm. but you don't have that magic space wizard yeah. <laughs> mythology coming into it but I seeing- actually like that from from Rogue One is is. You know, they started to kind of explore the religion behind the Force. Yeah, and and I thought that was really cool. Exactly. I, I rewatched Rogue One la- only last night yep. because I felt really like watching it, and uh, definitely through uh, the Donnie Wong 
mm. uh, character. They, Which is fucking brilliant. Oh, he's he's probably one of the best characters yeah. in it. And, I mean, it's been spoken about a lot that people would rather see them in a backstory movie than they yeah. would see a Han Solo I'm, movie. I completely agree. Exactly. You, you go and explore those characters a lot more because they obviously didn't have time in Rogue One to do it. And they're really interesting in that. that. And, and that's kind of the, the Jedi are a an application of the Force uh, in kind of a, a, I don't know how you describe it. It's not really combat related, but it's almost Knights of the Round Table. And in fact, if you go back and listen to some of the language, they do talk like they're Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. And you have Jedi Knights yeah. before you, you get to Master. And, and the Council and yeah, all so, that. So it's kind of like that. It's, it's kind of like a Camelot story. And I almost think that's where George drew inspiration. Probably was. Maybe yeah. I've read that somewhere, but it kind of it fits quite well. Um. But to have the churchy kind of religion around this mystical force, it never made sense not to have that. So to have that explored in Rogue One, I thought was cool. And unfortunately, it kind of just skipped over the surface of it. And for the purposes of telling the Rogue One story. Oh, and, and Rogue One was never meant to be based on that. It was a boots-on-the-ground soldier movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. very much. Um, but to kind of have that on the so I'd love to go and see that explored. And, and not Jedis, but people that uh, have supported the Jedis and treat it more of a religion as a religion rather than as you know the, the Jedi Council yeah and there's there's and so the many crystals yeah and- there's so much of that in the the legends universe the mm. old expanded universe so it would be I, know, I think I want to see someone build a fucking lightsaber yeah well hopefully we do get that at some stage but uh, <laughs> yeah we'll it'll, it'll be in some medium yeah so uh, we have here this- a big shit. This is the Omnipolo and Buxton original ice cream pale ale. Um, this is from the UK. Uh, I'm, I don't you like with the bottle. Yeah, I'm finished with the bottle. I don't like the design on this bottle. It does look like the poo emoji with legs. Um, you probably can't see that from there, but I'll it, try and zoom it, in. It does. I saw this on the shelf at the bottle shop yesterday too, and I've looked at it and I've gone, oh, you know what? I'm just. I didn't even read what it was. I just go. I'm not buying that pure and simply for the uh, the the logo that's on the front. Um, I get a lot more um, hop notes out of the the aroma than I expected. Oh, really? I haven't even smelt it yet. But it's a it's a pale ale that has lactose in it to make it creamy and sweet. Uh, yeah, I'm, unless this is absolutely outstanding, I'm really torn and don't particularly even want to try this one. You need to try it. Okay. It's, um, so I'm getting a lot of, a lot of hop notes out of, out of the flavor. There is, there is a lot of that resiny, piney It's hop surprisingly character. bitter for a sweet, well, I mean, it, uh, it is a pale, but it's surprisingly bitter and you do get a strong ice cream flavor through it. You do. Mm. You do get that, um, that real creamy character. You're right. It's incredibly bitter. Yeah. Um, let's to just... me, for for me, that re- that actually really saves it. I don't like that background cream, that background cream character you're getting from some vanilla or yeah, that lactose uh, as well. Barley, oats, wheat. So it's a it's a, a mixed base lactose. Yeah, I can't read. That's in another language. Yeah, it goes into goes into break down. It's very sweet. Mm. Um. Got sugar, sugar on my lips. Uh, I actually think yeah. they've tried to balance the sweetness with. with the that's why there's bitterness. so much resin in it. Yeah, it doesn't it, doesn't list IBU though, which it'd have to be up there. It, it's 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 higher than that Pilsner. Excuse me. Yeah, um, definitely. I, that Pilsner would have been sort of thirty, I reckon. I, I reckon it's closer to sixty. Nah, it's uh, mm, it could be well up there. Yeah, it could be up in that sort of that forty forty to sixty range. It's okay to tell me I'm wrong, Dan. <laughs> And my I, wife knows that. She no, tells me I, every day. I wouldn't think it was that high. It's quite high. Mm. Um, 60's, 60's 
um, IPA territory. Right. Um, so, but no, I don't not, find it unpleasant though. I, it's just I wouldn't ever buy it again. No, I, I don't <laughs> like that. If they took out that lactose and that whatever that vanilla-y, mm. creamy character is, it'd actually the, be a pretty good bailout. <laughs> I was nice, going to say then it wouldn't be an ice cream bailout. No, it wouldn't. No, it the 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 base beer. Yeah, comes across nice. Good base. Yeah, it comes across nice. It's got that nice, that nice, like we mentioned, that hop character to it. But uh, that uh, that creamy. But I mean, it is what it is. It's they've it's they, different. They may have done it for a reason. Like we do our Gabs beers, which yep. are our weird and wonderful beers. Um, it, I don't know how well it would go in this country, um, being warmer and everything like that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, think, it's I, not a beer you want to let warm up. Yeah, I it's don't think it's going to unlock uh, too much hot. Exactly. Well, and that creaminess is going to come through as well. So anyway, a lot of head in it. Yeah, which would be the lactose, I assume. Yeah. Well, it'll be thickening up everything. Mm. That so making the body a lot thicker. Yeah, it is a very creamy foam, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Thor Ragnarok. I don't have much to say other than it's due out end of the month, which I'm fucking. Yeah, I'm I'm hungry for it. Yeah, they've started to drop some more of those uh the short little like the Instagram videos. Yeah, um, just on there. And the I'm not actually looking forward to Infinity War the way I thought I would. I just it's kind of too much of the same now. Yeah. Um, but Thor and the characters, it, it, the um. Uh, Excuse me, there's a lot of carbon dioxide in that last beer. Oh, we've got rocket fuel happening here too. No, that's just so I don't have to finish it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so um, I, uh, look. I, I, I like- wouldn't contaminate 8-bit that way. <laughs> oh, it's 8-bit, is it? It was. It was. It was. Right. I took the last mouthful <laughs> of it. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the, the trailers make Thor look like they've returned back to the character roots, which is they're fucking funny. It's dry, sarcastic humor. It's big, big dumb, right up our alley. Big dumb blonde man. Yeah, and 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 you've got fucking um, uh, Hulk in it, who has a very similar personality, or yeah. or at least a very similar sense of humor. And the interplay between those two characters have always made the Avengers funny. So yeah, yeah I'm mean, looking forward to that. That that conflict between those two characters have been going on since the first Avenger, and it's just. They they found that it worked there, so they uh, yeah. they kept it going. I and mean, we don't have the backdrop of of, um, of Tony Stark and all the shit that goes with that. Although yeah. the Japanese trailer, and I'm sure they've they've done a, a an English language one since. But I've seen the Japanese one actually. The Japanese trailer has Doctor Strange, and I'm actually looking yes. forward to because ha- again, his sense of humor plays perfectly into those two as a, as kind of a counterpoint yeah. almost. I don't think he'll be in it much. No. I think he's just in it at the start because Thor's still got his long hair. Yep. Uh, I almost hope that, that he's not in it for much. I, I don't think he'll be in it at just all. Really, kind of interject a couple of yeah. couple of quips. You know, I yeah. think that would work quite well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They're together for some reason to mm. to collect something. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it looks great. I mean, yeah. the, the one of the little clips that they like. It's only like five seconds, and it's the slow walk of uh, the the girl that's playing Valkyrie. Yep, uh, walking away from a ship. And there's all these technicolored fireworks going <laughs> off behind her. She's walking, walking away like a badass, and uh, I think it looks great. I'm, re- I'm actually really looking forward to seeing her character because she looks like a really interesting character that we haven't seen that yeah. archetype before. Yeah. Um, with, with like the little snippets we've seen where she's gone up against Hela, mm. and uh, Hela's de- defeated all the Valkyries. So how she plays out. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting to see. And yeah. it, it'd be nice to inject, a, you're right, a new personality archetype into these series because they are all starting to get a little bit formulaic and stale. Yeah. We need a we need a dry, sarcastic, 
sense of humor, but who can kick ass and we need a dumb ass that, you know, we can make fun of and it's very slapstick. Yeah. And, and then you need the serious undertones and, oh, and then we're going to have some conflict amongst the heroes and it's well, all very formulaic. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be a lot of conflict between them because you've got the, the banter that goes on between Hulk and Thor. Yeah. You've got Thor and Loki because last time Thor yeah. left Loki, he was dead on the, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the Dark right. World. Um, and then you've got a fallen Valkyrie. And however, Thor and Loki are going to interact yeah. with with her. Yeah, so, that's, you're right. And, that's going to be interesting. And what happened there? So the the whole the the four of them in that main group. There's going to be that. It's it's just but, it's going to be the same formula. Yeah. conflict and then get along to fight. But even, even between the Avengers in the last movie in Civil War, obviously they there had to be conflict amongst the heroes. But but the interplay between um between Captain America and, and um, Iron Man was very similar to me in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where some of the characters are... I mean, I know there was a lot more uh, humour in it, but, but Ratchet and fucking... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and Starkiller. Oh, Starkiller, wow. Starlord. That's a major Star- crossover yeah, back in the crossover, Force yeah. Unleashed. Um, yeah, I just found it all very bit... You know, a lot same-same. I'm looking for yeah. new stories. Yeah. And and um, take, take a what TD though is uh, he's going to kill it. He's going to yeah. absolutely change the face of what they're doing. And I really hope they give him more and something different. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, and, and I do hope they do that too. And and I hope that if this if this goes well, they give him a Star Wars movie. I'd love to see a yeah. Tika Watiti uh, spin-off, like a Star Wars story. That'd be cool. I think that'd be absolutely amazing, actually. I think that he'd do. And because it's Disney, I mean, if he, yeah. if this makes a huge amount of money and they, they like what he's done, who freaking knows? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Chuck him in there. Chuck him in your other franchise and just go for it. <laughs> just awesome. give him open slather. I think yeah. that's the only way to do it these days. We've actually got – there's so many good directors now that you can just – you know, I, I just think um, Hollywood needs to, or is starting to learn that if they take a little bit more risk and just let the director run with it, um, they end up with a better product at the end of it than, than trying to over-control it the way they have some of these movies. And you've led to Star Wars having like a revolving door of directors, for example. And I don't care how misaligned the original directors were to the storyline or the vision from the executives. The reality is it's going to end up showing in the movie. Oh, 100%. And I'm fucking yeah. dirty about that because, you know, I'm already seeing holes in a Star Wars movie I haven't even seen yet. Yeah, and we haven't even seen a trailer for, let just, alone. There's no way you can have four different people try and tell one storyline yeah. and have it be seamless. You, you look at what happened with Suicide Squad. Well, yeah. Suicide Squad yeah, is the best example that we can do in the last three or four years because it is just a fucking mess. It's like the writer had ADD, and I'm sure it's not actually the writing, it's the directing. Well, they had the David Ayer, I think it was. Yep. Um, so they had, he was, uh, we've spoken about Suicide Squad countless times. Oh, uh, not that much. We, had, we never went into a whole lot of depth other they, than to say it was fucking shit. Yeah, okay. Um, they even had someone recut the original trailer. Yes, and then the people and who read different music because it was to appeal to a dumber audience. Oh, frankly, and the people that cut the trailer ended up cutting the final movie that he then he then came in and had some more say on how that recut was then <laughs> recut to release it. I mean, it's just just get your shit insane. together. Hollywood's been doing movies for oh. like a hundred fucking years. You'd think they'd have worked their shit out by now. Like, and you know, I'm a DC man, and yep. I've mentioned it many times before. So I'm going to go into their Great other medium, comic. their original medium. Um, is this is that absolutely bored the shit out of me? Oh, that, really? This was th- this is the new one. 
So this is this, yeah, okay. this is the run that's just finished. So I just threw Pete over the uh, Superman uh, Rebirth Declaration. This went for four fucking parts, four or five parts, and it was all about Clark, Lois, and John, their son, doing a road trip across America basically to... Oh, jerking off dead soldiers by the look of it. Yeah, I Not, mean... I mean, that came out a little yeah, bit that, more aggressively that, than yeah. I had hoped, but... It was... It was... It's a patriotism thing. It was a patriotism thing through and through, and my God, it was fucking boring. There were some really good bits in it. They talked about some of... And I'm sure some of them are 100% true facts about the uh, soldiers that weren't acknowledged within uh, within some of the wars and uh, some of the black regiments and yep. things like that. So it was Which really, we've actually talked about on the show. We so. have, yeah, definitely. Um, but they could have done that in an extended... 40 page edition or something like that. Yeah, if you're instead gonna, of making a, a six comic book series exactly. or a five comic book series if, out if of it. If you're going to do something that focused on a certain, and not, it's not a, this almost lost me. I almost really? stopped my uh, subscription to Superman oh, because it bored me and I didn't know how long it was going to go for. And I'm glad I didn't because then we went into, see, this, this next one, this was a two parter. And this was I can see Sinestro on the cover. Yes, this oh, was nice. This was Superman going up against Sinestro. And uh, Hal Jordan as a yellow lantern by the look of it. No, that's uh, Clark. Oh, it's Superman. Okay. So it's so, kind of a very similar to um Yeah, you're gonna say Brightest Day, yeah, Blackest Night. Yeah. So what Which heck? was fucking epic too. Spoilers for anybody who wants to read this. It's uh Superman twenty nine and thirty. Um Parallax. Uh yep. actually Clark lets Parallax in. Uh, to possess his body. And Parallax, for anybody who doesn't know, Parallax is the entity that is the Yellow Lantern uh, embodiment. So he's the mm. embodiment of fear in the universe. Uh, and it's... Uh, and, and nothing at all like the fucking travesty oh, that was no, the movie God. Parallax. No, the Parallax in the comic books is the absolutely... The big fart gas cloud exactly. that attacked everyone. Parallax in this is a massive alien, crazy, scary lizard thing. Um and he's actually, uh, Parallax, the entity, was kidnapping children uh, on Earth and feeding on their fear. And Clark was going out uh, looking- Kind of like the Monsters, Inc. storyline. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> Very much so. Um, so Parallax was doing that and Clark was looking for the kids and finally found them uh, and uh, went up against Parallax. Yep. Um, and the only way he could defeat him was make a deal with him to say, you can take, you can take over my body if you let all these children go. Uh, so that's a pretty heavy storyline. Well, it was, and to come straight off the four or five part of that one that bored the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was a good recovery. Oh, basically, it was it was absolutely perfect. It only went for two issues, and as soon as uh, Superman lets Parallax in, Sinestro turns up because uh, Sinestro. I actually really like that. Um, Sinestro turns up, and because he wants to control Parallax again, he wants to imprison Parallax yep. and feed off the power for his lanterns. Yeah, which is very Sinestro. Yeah, so uh, Sinestro is actually in control of. Um, I want to say Quark, but it's not Quark. Uh, the planet where I'll, I'll Quad. Give, Quad. Yeah, Quad. where the weapon is who actually forged the original rings. Yes. Um, so he's controlling that. So they end up there in this one. Uh, it's only two parts. It's really good. It's I the, might borrow them off you. The, the exposition in it is great um, because they've got to talk about and explain everything between the two of them. So you've yep. got a man who controls his fear and a man who feeds on fear to control <laughs> the power. Yep. Um, so the exposition between those two characters and how they view the same emotion. Yep. Uh, Clark 
accepting it and controlling it Sinestro can accepting it and controlling it in a different sense yeah, um, yeah for different outcomes for diff- exactly for different outcomes I thought those two were probably some of the best Superman comics standalone Superman comics I've ever read they yeah wow just, just great really to the point made it fast and made the action great and then made the exhibition fantastic as well I thought it was really really good yeah, cool. And a really good backup to that dead-ass boring. <laughs> and no, no offense to any of our American listeners, I really enjoyed the uh, the backstory going from all through the Civil Wars to Vietnam War to World War One, World War Two, uh, even Korean War they talk yep. about there because obviously that was a big fuck-up on America's part as well. I've seen a lot of interesting exploration of American patriotism in movies and comics and, and you know, just the media that we're into, right? So, yeah. and And interesting stories that I think have validity, but... There's also a bunch out there in, in a lot of different mediums that are just, uh, they're not exploring patriotism as a concept. It's just a homage to patriotism blindly. And, and that's the sort of shit that I don't like. And that's almost what that was. It's just, let's it paint have- an American flag on everything just because we can. 100%. 100%. And let's use Superman to the the good old American boy yeah. to push that along. So, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was the information, it was good, but I gave up. I, I didn't even read the last issue. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, okay. I skipped right ahead and, like I said, I almost cut it off. And you're really glad that you, you didn't. I'm really glad that I didn't. Um, we have here uh, Buxton Brewery Trolltunga Gooseberry Sour IPA. Uh, is I like it. Really dry. Um, yeah. That, that gooseberry, I've never really eaten a gooseberry. But mm, I don't think I have either. Um, I'm sure I've had it in desserts. Yeah. From what I, from what I get from this beer, uh, it's a very light to almost watery kind of berry yeah, I'm I'd, not say, sure. I'd say the flesh is very light um mm. almost like a lychee me. or something yeah something yeah. something like that so i would say somewhere between like a lychee and a blueberry yeah yeah it's still got we'll have that. to go and research this we will yes <laughs> um the the label's really nice um it's just got a troll that's uh obviously been under the ground and a hike which is what standing. attracted me to this beer yeah it's a really really nice label peter will throw up a, a picture of that but uh really nice label nice dry slightly sour Six point three percent sours at the end of the palate. I noticed. Yeah, um, and I can't can't tell if I'm getting a hops aroma because of mm. of the shit in my glass from the last two, which have been very hoppy, or if it's this beer. But it is an IPA, though. Yeah, I was just about to say mine still smells a little bit vanillary because I didn't rinse my glass out well enough. Probably mm. should have left that one till the uh, the ice cream ale till the end. But uh, I wanted <laughs> uh, I wanted this the sourness of this to sort of cut. Yeah, and it does. It to does. cut that. It's got quite a good hit of sourness too. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, no, it's it's really really nice. We are going really to have nice. to. We're going to have to fix the pace here though, because we're only at 40 minutes, so we've got half an hour and we've got one beer left. Oh, okay. We might have to do a short See, episode. I'm, I'm just getting re- I'm getting really bad at that. <laughs> I'm just pushing through them. I need a little uh, a little light or something. Yeah. Um, get, get your get your big red clock back. <laughs> do you want any more uh, of that? Uh no, I've got to drive. Right, it's finish. double demerits weekend. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Have you seen Star Wars, uh, Star Trek? No, that was actually on my on my oh, list here. There's, I can't there's, talk about it. No, then. well, I mean, it's out. It's out on Netflix. First two episodes are up. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's fucking good. It is good. It okay. is really good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. It's good Reimagining of um, the Klingons, which took a little bit of time for me to accept that they look different. They're not the way that every other incarnation. There is there is a theory about this. That they're the warrior cast and they look different to there. There's there's different a uh, different spread of Klingons and that's why they look different in different. No, it doesn't work. 
Doesn't work. You'll, you'll, it'll make sense later, but no, that that can't be the reason. Okay. Um, excuse me. It's it's possible that we've only ever. No, it's not. I was going to say it's possible we've only ever seen a different cast, um, and that the warrior cast look physically different. Yeah. To, you know, the I don't know the pilot cast. I I don't know, but um, no, I'm just thinking about that. That they're all fucking warriors, so they can't yeah, really. They are warriors, yeah. You know, unless they've got a breeder cast. But then other Star Treks have already had female, you know, um, Klingons on the show, and they look just like the male. No, Klingons. it was there was a half breed in DS Nine from memory. She was kind of hot, but yeah, she was. Was it DS Nine? No, it was Voyager. Yeah, it was Voyager. It was Voyager. Yeah, she was strangely hot. Yeah. Anyway, like, was she? Was she? Was she? She was a half. She was a half. Yeah. Half human. See, this is why I'm not allowed bottle caps, man. Because <laughs> you play clicky, with them. Clicky pens and bottle caps <laughs> on a, a recording medium. Yeah, not a, not a good mix. Um, but yeah, no, really well done, and and a great introduction to a series that's set a decade before Discovery. This is Discovery. Sorry, not Discovery. Is it Enterprise? I can't remember if it's ten years before Enterprise or ten years before the original series takes place in the timeline. Well, Enterprise, do they have transporters? Yes. Okay, well, it's after Enterprise then. Okay, right, because Enterprise brought in trans- yeah. transporters. Okay. So they, they It's have- the only Star Trek series I've never watched, and I've never been interested to watch. Everybody put shit on it, and I actually quite liked it. Um, um, I just didn't, it didn't grab my attention. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people went to, because it, uh, they, they don't have all the- Sexy future tech? That exactly. That's yeah. what didn't turn me on about it. They, they don't have shields. Yeah. They they have polarizing uh polarizing the hull plates. Yep. Um. They get their shields in like season two or three or something <laughs> like that. Okay. They only have phasers or they only have torpedoes or projectile weapons of some sort. Right. Um. I don't think they have phasers. The teleporters aren't really working. Um. They work to an extent, but they don't like to use them on humans. Yeah. This and that. So they there are I always like the Galaxy Quest and they fucking bring that monster on board and it's inside out and shit. Yeah. 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 So uh, that that sort of that sort of stuff. But I I think a lot of people hated it for that reason because right. it wasn't technically Star Trek because they didn't have all that stuff and that made it Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I just I just found it didn't didn't grab me. Didn't yeah. grab my attention. Um And I I like Quantum Leap, man. Even though <laughs> yeah, even though he overacts, but he he did badly. a very good um it's it's almost fucking Stargate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was very much in the vein of Stargate because it all came out at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. But it he didn't was take it, itself too too seriously. Yeah. But then if you go back and watch the original series, you know Shatner overacted the fuck out oh, of his yeah, role. But that, that was a very different time as well. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Batman sixty six era. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the, the the campiness of everything <laughs> and uh, evil evil. How you can be camp and fuck every female alien that you meet. I yeah. yeah. He managed and to. That's that's masterful acting. I think. Evil mirror world Spock. <laughs> yeah. I love evil mirror world Spock, and I like even better that they did it with evil mirror world Teal in uh, Stargate. Yeah, he they was just, fucking cool with the soul patch. Little little soul patch, <laughs> yeah. the same as uh, Spock had the goatee. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. No, the new Star Trek, well worth watching. Um, and it really grabs you by the balls and demands your attention straight away, which I I, I like. Um, I don't know if it's in the alternate universe that the new movie series has created or if it's in the original universe. I don't know what timeline it's in yeah, or, or what continuum it's in, I suppose is a better way to put that. Um, but it is at least consistent in its concepts for um, some of the Vulcan stuff that it talks about okay. with the movies. Yeah. So you get to see... Um, Excuse me, the guy from Heroes, uh, I can't remember his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, 
yeah. Siler from from Heroes. No, yeah, I know who he is. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, he's he's in the he's a young boy in the training center in on Vulcan, um, and that's consistent with the new TV series on Netflix. And as much as I hate it, you're gonna need to keep talking because I can't do two things at once. <laughs> that's fine. As much as I hate it, I'm glad that they didn't release the whole season of Star Trek in one hit. Um, you know, we're all moving towards binge watching, and certainly Zachary Quinto. That's him. Um, yeah, that's yeah. So he was in Heroes. He was in um something else recently, and he was in the he was in Star Trek, obviously a spot. Yep. Um, I do like that Netflix haven't released the whole season in one hit. Mm. Um, I actually read an article recently about binge watching, and whilst it might have the instant payoff that Y Geners and Next Gen want and love, and and you know we're on the cusp of Y Gen, um, your retention of information is shit house in comparison to watching it weekly. And they probably get for something like that. And I know I've done it with Rick and Morty and the <laughs> yeah. uh, and the the week by week release. But with they're that. kind of throwaway week Rick and Morty. You can binge watch that, and it, it's like the you, Simpsons. Oh, you definitely you definitely can. But I find myself going back and watching. Like if it's been a good episode, like I've watched the Pickle Rick episode. Probably <laughs> I love that episode. Probably three times. And, yeah. And like I do that because I might have half an hour of a night where I don't want to go to bed. Yep. So I've gone. Oh fuck it! That was a good episode. I'll I'll chuck, chuck last week's episode on while I know the next one's coming out in three days' time. Yeah. So they're probably drawing people back into using the Netflix yeah. application as well and keeping it on for longer as well. People but you're can't paying just- for it every month. It's no, there's no advertising. It's they're getting their money either way. Yeah, but you you can't binge watch it and then ditch it. Yeah, and okay. then when yeah, something sure. when something else comes on. Binge watch and ditch it again. I yeah, mean, I you, think Netflix you, makes its money because it's got such a great variety and it's constantly churning shows. So yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's much better than Stan. We've we've got Stan at the moment. I've never bothered with Stan. Oh, we've got it because we're watching Hannibal. So yeah, I fucking love that series. Yeah. I'm almost at the end of season two. The wife and I watch it religiously. Oh, now. okay. Uh, that we're about halfway through season two, so no so spoilers. We, no, no, no. We're well, yeah, no. I'm probably just ahead of you, not far. Okay. Um, that an expanse. So, yeah. um, Zach, Zach, our tattooed artist uh, out at Wicked Ink, hello, Zach, um, uh, recommended we watch, or I watch The Expanse because he's into the same I shit that we are. I was pushing you to watch The Expanse I know, fucking ages ago. You know what? The last time, so I'm-, I'm Zach, work- you hold more weight than I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on my sleeve, so he's actually just about finished. Um, uh, but the last, the last part of my sleeve that I got, which was almost a year ago, he told me I had to watch The Expanse. And we watched, uh, the wife and I watched the, the pilot episode and never revisited it. And I don't know why. It must have been that there was something else on at the time that we really wanted to watch and just kind of yep. left it on the side. Um, and because it's on Netflix, it doesn't come up. I've got a little list on my uh, smart TV of all the shit that I haven't seen. Um, and it doesn't come up in that list. So it's obviously out of sight, out of mind. So but- to put things in context, anybody who doesn't know what The Expanse is, it's a, it's a hard sci-fi yeah. TV series based on hard sci-fi novels. Yes. The the first novel is called Leviathan Wakes, um, and I read that a long time ago, not realizing it was going to be turned into a TV series, and loved the book. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I don't want to go and watch the TV series now because <laughs> I want to keep reading the books. Oh, uh, dude. Because they're gonna, so you haven't seen the TV series? I've seen four episodes. It's, uh, it's I really like it. I think it's brilliant, I think man. it's a great um, a great uh, explanation of the book. Yep, I think it's really, really good. Uh, they the the way they so what it is 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 you human humans have expanded through the galaxy through the expanse, 
Um, you have the Earth colony, you have the Mars colony, and you have the Belters. So the Belters live in the asteroid belt out between the inner and outer planets. I think it's so the I want to say Cuper belt, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, so they they live on PlayStations. They li- uh, PlayStations. Fucking hell. I live on a PlayStation, Dan. They live on space stations uh, that are in low gravity. So belters are taller and skinnier uh, than the And Earth. their bones are brittle. Their bones are brittle when they're in heavy gravity, and but they're used to the, the low gravity and the movement and yeah. everything like that. So when they get an earther on... On a uh, on a space station or a ship or something like that, they have problems with uh, the low gravity and well, actually, in one of, in one of the earlier episodes, they torture a, a yeah, belter on, on Earth, Earth just by hanging him up, yeah. and forcing him to stand in Earth gravity, yeah, letting and the I gravity think they put pull. hooks hooks under his armpits to hold him up, just to hold him up, yeah. and it was crushing him, and yeah. he was dying. Yeah. So yeah, that's how fucking weak these dudes exactly. are on normal yeah. gravity. And then they they do that. In the TV series, by you finding these actors, these these very yeah, tall, gaunt. skinny actors to play these belters, and they've so just, I'm really enjoying that beer. Yeah, Sorry no, to it interrupt. Is, it is really good. Um, yeah, it's, that's it's the not Troll Tunga from Broxton. It's not a pure sour. It's not what you no. get if you just got a sour ale. Um, super and I, dry. Yeah, I like the the balance between the IPA notes and the and the sour notes. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. I don't even know where I just it was. Oh, the, Sorry, the, dude. The, the, the actors that they've chosen. So they've they've chosen really good actors for the main people, um, all the way down. So none of that Earth politics is actually in the book. Oh right. In the, in the, I thought it was great. Yeah, see, none of that's in. They've added that in to flesh out the TV series to not just focus on Holden and Miller. Yeah. Okay. So 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 essentially, you've got three storylines happening concurrently. Uh, you have the the politics of the United Nations, which is the Earth Gov trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with the events of the story and I won't won't spoil it. I mean yeah. look, in the first episode, a so so the, the the basic concept is the the belters are living in the asteroid belt on a base um, called Ceres and they mine ice out of the belt, out of asteroids in the belt, bring it back to Ceres. Water and, ice. Yes. Um, yeah, not methamphetamine not ice. They're not mining fucking <laughs> manufactured <laughs> drugs. Um so they mine ice, bring it back to series, the, the, the base station in the belt, and then Martians and Earthlings, tr- well, they transport it back to Mars and Earth because Mars and Earth both need water and oxygen, which you generate out of water. Um, hydroelectrolysis? Something sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It smells scientific-y enough. Yep. Um, and so, and, and the, the belters are essentially second-class citizens, and I find oh, the whole series definitely. is a comment on... I don't know secularism or yeah. racism or you know it's almost well, it's ra- it's 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 almost Arabia with there, there their is, oil. Uh, they get I suppose. yeah. There's a commodity there. There's a commodity in play. There is no. They don't talk about race in the way we think of race. No. There's no. There's no Australians, New Zealanders, Americans, Africans. They're uh, just Belters, Martians, and Earthlings. That's exactly. There's only we're all we're all humans in the eyes of this book, which is actually fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and it's just but it just your comes origin to, is what your origin is where where it uh, where all that secularism comes into it. And so. the physicality of being human is starting to diverge, and it's actually supporting the. It's not racism, I guess. It's there's just bigotry in general. I think yeah. is a generic term for it. Um, I I love the fact that you've got the United Nations political stuff going on, and it's very much a the thirteenth hour. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, based on the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, no. It's, I know, it, I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, so it's it's a really stressful, 
I don't know what's going to happen next. And as, as a political body or a government, we need to avoid war at all costs. But in order to do that, we need to know what our enemies are doing. Um, we need to stay a step ahead without tipping them off. We don't want to force them to respond in, you know, basically the complete opposite of what Trump and King John yeah, Hill are, King, doing yeah, yeah. are doing right now. You know, they're posturing in public media instead of, you know, very Russian Cold War. Well, it's that's kind of what it comes down to because what the main story is, is there's there's a coming war between Earth and Mars and the Belters yeah. are kind of the neutral but not neutral territory. Yeah, and you've got a terrorist. I mean, the, the Belters have kind of formed a, a group yeah. that, that everyone else treats as if it's a terrorist group. Organization, yeah. But in reality, it's kind of just... Uh, I don't know. It's it's them pushing back. So going back to what I was trying to say before, it was it's basically the Belters are second class citizens. They they oh, only 100%. exist. Yeah. I think the Martians are even seen as second class citizens in the Earther eyes. Yeah, but it, vice versa is true. They're both superpowers. It's very oh, yeah, very America definitely. Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've kind of got some guys in the middle who are mining this resource, and no one gives a fuck about them, but for the fact that they're mining the resource, so they're treated like shit. Air and water is is um. Air and water is, what's the word I'm looking for, um, limited in series. So, you know, and, and they keep putting restrictions on water and, and um, air. And I think at one stage, one of the guys actually takes a shower and he's covered in soap and he runs out of water in the middle of his shower. Okay. And so he's got nothing to wipe the soap off with. So just little things like that. Again, it's a lived-in universe. It's dirty. It's grimy. Oh, yeah, There's definitely. a lot going on that's not related specifically to the storyline. So your, your, your primary storylines are the United Nations kind of Cold War posturing and trying to espionage and spies and that sort of shit. In parallel, you've got a, a very film noir detective story going on yeah, in with series. Miller. Yep. yep. Miller is, is brilliant. As an actor, he nails that fucking uh, role. What's his name? Tom Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is fantastic, and then original Punisher. Well, not original Punisher, second Punisher, second Punisher. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a um hard science fiction spaceships blowing up. Um, I don't know how you'd kind of describe that, but a typical science fiction story. It's it's that's the action movie part of it. Yeah, and so. and you've got these three, and they're interspersed, and the timing and beats are really well constructed. Yeah. Um, it's fucking brilliant. You talk about a lived-in universe. It's something that I don't know if it comes across in the TV series, but definitely comes across in the... Uh, well, they talk about it almost continuously in the novel, but it's only these very little throwaway lines that you don't think about it, but something that comes through about a lived-in world is they talk about the flavours that certain rooms have on their air purifiers. No, so it's not actually, not mentioned at all no, in the series. No, I didn't. It would be a very hard thing to get in unless somebody like vocalised it and yeah. spoke about it. So Miller walks into his captain's office and she's got uh, a coffee scent air, air purifier coming <laughs> okay. coming through. And he, th there's a lot of talk about there is about a lot of coffee in series. I don't know why, uh, but okay. it's a recurring it's, theme for some reason. It's, that, it's probably that cop noir. <laughs> all those uh, all those cops have got to always be drinking coffee and donuts. Actually, it's not because on the ship, um, the main character from the ship, I can't remember his name either. I'm fucking shit. Holden. Holden, thank you. I'm shit ass with names. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, it's something that comes through more from having read and followed those characters through mm. on paper rather than watching yeah. and listening somebody use their name in a TV series. Yeah, yeah. Because the um the writer has to mention Holden's name every time he refers exactly, to him in the third person exactly. in addition to the yeah. in, in addition to the dialogue. Um 
you know, there's a big story. Well, and it's not a big story, but there's lots of mentions of coffee with Holden as well. So I don't know okay. what's going on there. It's okay. Yeah. Very fucking random. Yeah. I think even in the books, I think they talk about it anyway. There's probably not interesting people listening to us <laughs> talk about the characters in TV shows and, mo- and books. Expanse, watch it. It's, yeah. And, and one thing I do like about it, and I've read a lot of um, space opera. So uh, Peter F. Hamilton, my favorite writer of all time, yeah. um, is a scientist as well as an author. So when he talks about astrophysics, he's got a fucking degree in astrophysics. Um, so when he writes hard sci-fi, it's hard sci-fi. Expense is very similar. The whole yeah. turn and burn thing, the whole concept of that, yeah. that laymen don't really understand, that, that people that aren't interested in science fiction or science don't get, that when you accelerate in space, when you stop accelerating, you hit, you, a, hit a velocity and you, you will not going. stop yeah. ever. Yeah, until you uh, hit something. <laughs> until you hit something. Um, so, so the idea of, of turn and burn where they flip the ship while traveling. Yeah, and all the G-forces and yeah. everything um, that they're going through. Yeah, and, the, and in fact, um, I won't tell you who, but a belter kills himself by avoiding the... So in order to avoid the crushing G-forces of accelerating in space, there's these weird neck headphones. They look like headphones, but they come out on your neck and they... They pierce your skin and inject your body with some sort of fluid to stop you from being okay. crushed. So in the book, they're a full chair. They, yeah. They have to strap themselves into a chair and it, yep. injects, it injects down their spine. Right. In, well, in, I guess that would be that this. Way. But in, in, in the TV series, it's just represented by a little... They do sit in a special chair and they do strap in. Yeah. But you just see the headphones kind of come out from the seat and um, yeah. from behind them and inject them in the neck. And they're injecting adrenaline and something else. They don't to- go into it in the, oh, in the, okay, in yeah. the TV, just that it helps them survive. And you yeah. only know that because one of the belters kind of avoids it by squirming out of his seat. He's, yeah. a, he's a prisoner. And um, and he just you actually see his fucking his biceps strip from his arm bone oh, uh, lovely. In, in gravity. It looked nice. fucking awesome. And, you know, having watched, we're, we're kind of balancing between Expanse and Hannibal. It's not bloodthirsty at all compared to fucking Hannibal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Cool. I think we, we've done TV to death. I think, yeah, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of shit in this one. Um, we have uh, Mandarin Man Tropical IPA from uh, Amanga Brewery in Denmark. Sorry, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And Wicked Weed Brewery, Wicked Weed Brewing in America. Uh, it's a tropical IPA collaboration. Uh, nice label. Um, I think it's a pretty good IPA. It's travelled a bit, I'd say. Um, but there's no oxidisation or anything there. No. Um, but there's no outstanding characters either. I sort of think that Mandarin comes through a little bit. Excuse me. Edit. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Um, that comes through a little bit. Um, the- yeah, it's not my cup of tea. I, I'd, I'd be happy with it. I mean, I'd never return this. It's got a... It's got a very citrus juice back body to it that it does. Uh, sort of sits in your throat a little bit. Um, but I mean, it, it's 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 a good IPA, especially for one that's travelled. I don't know whether it was brewed in uh, the US or Denmark, but uh, not a lot of aroma. No, it doesn't doesn't have much aroma at all. All that sort of citrusy, acidic juice is kind of coming through on the uh, on the palate itself. It's got quite a high bitterness to it, but. Uh, Best, best for July 2018, so I'd say it's probably three, four months old. Mm. I'd say they've got a 12-month shelf life on the label. Um, so it has aged a little bit. I mean, you know, three months isn't long, but then you don't know what refrigeration's happened yeah. to get it here. It's It's got quite a herbaceous hop character to it. 
Herbaceous. Herbaceous. Mm. Take a big mouthful of it and you'd get it sort of not straight away on the mid palate. It's really herbal. Yeah. Really yeah, herbal. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, it's, and the- it's not quite that piney, resiny side of thing. It's more that, that herb, herbaceous, vegetal yeah. almost character to it. Um, you get quite a lot of bitterness on the front of the palate. There is it, a lot it, of bitterness. It dissipates yeah. really quickly yeah. too. Um, it's got a pretty full body in terms of mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, it's it's different, but it's not different enough to stand out for me. Yeah. I, I think I'm not it's getting good. a lot of mandarin out of it, though. There, there, there is a bit there. Um, I get citrus notes, but not specifically yeah, mandarin. Specifically mandarin. Yeah, sense. fair enough. Yeah. Um, so they might have flavored it with the hops choice rather than a flavor. Definitely. And there is there is a hop that. Uh, that actually gives the there's such an enormous description on there, and that's what I was saying to you before. There's no way I'm reading that, and I'm sure it's in more than one language. No, it's too. not. It's all oh, really? it's all English all the way through. It's all that's English. That's weird because it's in Danish where it tells you the percentage where yeah. it says seven percent. There's so much exposition on there. I'm just uh, there's no way I'm reading. It. It's like <laughs> the entire brewery story. I mean, guys, come on, like shorten it up. It's a yeah. It's too much. They obviously uh, they're related to Chris. I, I can't get that guy's beer descriptions in the fucking uh, website. Short and down a bit. They're really good descriptions though. <laughs> yes, they are, and and Chris's are too. I don't know which you were referring uh, to then. No, no, but, not that. I I haven't read that, and I'm not going to. Chris's descriptions for for the Bounty Hunter Brewing beers are fantastic. Uh, and really well thought out. There's a lot of puns in them. Yeah. And I enjoy reading them. And there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of the puns, but there's also shit that if you don't know the the relationship of the, to the beer to, to, the, pop the, culture. to the original story. You're just not going to get. They're just yeah. going to be words on a page. Yeah, so. which I love. I love the kind of subtext for, for you know, anyone trying a beer, um, that's a layer. And if you try a Bounty Hunter brewing beer, I think you'll be impressed. But if you are into your subculture, it should speak to your soul. Yeah. That's the whole And that's point, the whole right? idea of it, yeah. Um, yeah, I just where, hate where, having where, to jam where, it into the fucking website because yeah. you've got a text box that big and a paragraph that big. I, I I originally uh, I think for the first ones I chopped them down a little bit when I put them on Untapped, um, just so un- Untapped is the uh, the beer rating app. Uh, I cut it down a little bit for the first two, and then the rest of them I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, just put it on. People are going to read it. They're going to read it, but it's nowhere near as long as that. No, they're like that's, five or six lines long. That's yeah, that's that's three that's paragraphs. Thirty lines long. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. If you um, um I, I can't remember the word for I it. I do like the artwork though. Uh, I can't remember the word for it. Is it retro olfactory? It's where you um, push air back through your palate. Okay. It's exactly what you were describing with the jelly beans. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you When you, yeah. you get an olfactory um, uh, report from, from breathing in and smelling scent, but you get a different type of response, and neurologically it's different when you breathe air back through your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and it's still an olfactory response, not a taste response. Anyway, I get Mandarin on that. Yeah, so that's what you, I was saying. It sits in the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Um, I like a beer that's complex. I mean, it's not. It doesn't expose itself to you entirely the first time you sip it. It's something that you need to actually experience. Yeah, I, I enjoy that kind of level of the beer. And I'm, it's not my favorite beer, but it is. Um, the guys from from uh, Q Sellers, thank you very much again for your recommendations because yeah. they actually vetted all of these beers and. I had a different beer. I can't remember what it was, and I probably wouldn't name it if I could. But I was told to put it back and get this uh, because um, you know there's a lot of tropical IPAs that aren't that tropical. Was the comment, and this one very much is. 
Yeah, can, it definitely definitely is. It's got a, it's really got a real high bitterness on this one. Yeah, and I think there's almost I'd almost say there's pith in it because I can. Yeah, it 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 has that this, sort of character to it. Is this the uh the the beer with sediment? Did you turn this? Because there's no. a lot of sediment in the yeah, bottom of this. I noticed the first time your glass was a lot hazier than mine because <laughs> I I poured mine first, but I must have like just as I poured it, it obviously shook up a little bit. But uh, I'd say there's pith in that just to to give it a. Oh yeah, well, that's really a lot milky of that bottom. That bottom part. Mm. Do we have any uh, video games to talk about since we've already covered comic books, TVs, and movies? I TVs. I'm, I'm glad Chris isn't here <laughs> because I'm back in on Witcher Three. So again, you again. just finished Batman again, yeah, or one of the Batmans. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back in on Witcher Three. <laughs> I've um. I started playing um, Zelda. Um, fuck. What is the Breath of the Wild? Yep. Which and you've it, talked about a few times. Yeah, I mean, I bought it for my nephew and, uh, and he took loves it. Back. it. Uh, sorry? And took it back off No, him. no, no, I bought a copy. Um, but I started playing it and then and everybody talks about how great it is and everything like that. And it, don't get me wrong, it is a very, very good game. Very good game. But I just, because there's no voice acting, there's only voice acting in cutscenes. Right. Everything seems so long and drawn out. And I mean... The world, the the traversing the world is really good. You can climb any surface. Your stamina is what determines how far you can get on those surfaces. Yeah, so okay. you, can, you can climb a massive cliff as long as you can find ledges to let your stamina <laughs> recharge <laughs> yep. all, all the way up. So those things are really good. The movement's really good. You've got a you've got a glider that you can do get down from higher places really quick and everything like that. And there's there's lots of little bits and pieces in different areas of the world, but I still find the world so unlived in and unpopulated and. Unpopulated and not alive, and and but I mean, so many people disagree with me. So many people are saying how alive the world feels and how full <laughs> it is. But I mean, I, I come off playing Witcher for so many hours. Oh, that and something like Skyrim, where oh, the world continues in the background. Definitely. It doesn't fucking care if yeah, you're there. Yeah, the the world keeps going, and you you can just walk into any part in any area in Skyrim and hit something that's quite interesting. And they're coming out with a new one, I think, probably late next year. But I've heard grumbles about. The next Elder Scrolls game. So they've, been, they've been going on about it for a little bit, so it'll we'll see what happens. So it'll probably be VR enabled the whole game because we've already be. started doing VR stuff for Fallout Four and, and Skyrim. And uh, is there a Skyrim mod for it now as well? No, no, no there's an official. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sky, Skyrim official. I think that came out before Fallout Four. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but one of them's on one, and one of them's on the other. So one of them's on the PlayStation VR. I think that's Fallout Four. Okay, and I one think. of them's one of them's. No, I think it might be the other way around. I think Skyrim mm. might be, and then Fallout might be on the PC. Right. Anyway, that sucks. Because I haven't played Fallout Four, and if and since I've got PSVR and it's sitting in a cupboard collecting dust, you may as well play Fallout Four on that. Yeah, yeah which I think would be awesome and and sick making. <laughs> oh, definitely. But the good thing about Fallout, I don't suffer from motion sickness, so I have a, I do feel it, but I tend to have fairly high resistance to that that sensation. The good thing about it, though, is it's not a twitch. It's yeah. not a twitch based yeah. shooter. You've got the VAT system where you can actually slow things down, slow and, everything down. Yeah. So in four, it only slows it down. It does that freeze it like it did in three. Okay. Which. Cool. Which gives that sort of urgency. You can't just pause it and yeah, uh, and walk away, make a cup of coffee, come back and yeah, yeah, it's still and things pick, still move. pick the head exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So no, what what were you what were you thinking? All I'm playing is 
Battle from uh, Battlefield One. Oh, okay. In the name of the star, which so we've is both the, gone back. Yeah, well, I've never really stopped. I mean, the expansions come out. It's I never really stopped from Witcher either. I only stopped from because Chris had my copy. <laughs> I've got to say, and that's right. I need to borrow your copy too. You did talk about that no. at some point. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking buy, I'll buy that. I'll buy you a copy. I'll buy you. Uh, you know, I'll buy you a copy so I don't have to give you my copy. <laughs> I have to return Aliens too, which I never played. I should oh, pop and that Mad in. Mad Max. I want to get back yes. into Mad Max as well. Yeah, I do have both of those games. I looked at the. I looked at the tin for Mad Max today and went, is that my copy of the movie? No, that's not right. That's that's it's the no, game. mine's 4K. It's the video yeah. game, yeah. yeah. Um, you lent it to me like six episodes ago. Um, no, so in the name of the star, I was thinking this morning how to describe to you guys why it's it feels... De- oh, look, my box is broken. Unable to connect the box. <laughs> Fucking random, man. Um, it's a work laptop. I can't really complain when work apps pop up after time. Yeah, exactly. Um. I was trying to think this morning why it's different, what makes it makes it interesting, and and how the expansion has added more than just more maps. Mm. And there is actually a reason. And you know, the whole game's always done this. So you might have an open map in Team Deathmatch. Some of them are small and urban. And uh, if you're a sniper, because I I pretty much always play a sniper in every first person shooter. I don't know why. I've just always been drawn to that do you style. Then, do you play the sniper games as well, like Sniper Elite and? Uh, I've never played Sniper Ghost, Elite. Ghost Warrior. <laughs> Not Ghost Recon. No, no, no. There's there's two. There's there's Sniper Elite and then there's another one. I've played the original Sniper series. It was like three or four of those games, and yeah. thoroughly enjoyed those. Yeah. I haven't really played. I think they're still going. Game Sniper, for a while. Sniper Three was the last one to come out, yeah. and then there's Sniper Elite, which I think is like more of the kind of Call of Duty side of yeah, it. Yeah, okay. No, no, never really played those. I've always just picked the Sniper class in every game I've played. You'd rather much. shoot real humans that yeah. are unpredictable than yeah. uh, <laughs> very unpredictable. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. Real sh- real humans in a in real a, digital humans. Yeah, real digital humans. <laughs> Humans, humans in a virtual virtual environment. Yes. yes. Yeah, those. No hiding, in Thank you, back officer. Of, no hiding in the back of trunks and shooting out of little <laughs> Little holes. holes drilled into the back yeah, of the car. While people fill up their gas tanks. Yeah, fuck. Uh, that's, too a soon? Few, that's a few years ago, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's probably it's, 10 years ago? Yeah, it'd have to be a yeah. decade now. Yeah. Anyway, Remember seeing Sorry. That. Anyway, sorry. Um, I, I like the fact that there are small maps that are urban and you've got, um, so from a sniper's perspective, you've got some iron sights only, bolt action rifles. Um, obviously, having to be accurate, you get an insta kill on a headshot. You, um, at a certain distance, this is the first Battlefield game where if you have a rifle that's uh, zeroed in for, say, 75 meters, if you head the, hit them in the shoulders or the upper torso, it's an instant kill in that range of distance. Okay. So yep. anything further on or closer, You'll do a lot of damage, but you won't get a one-shot yeah, one. Yeah, so it regulates its damage depending on the distance that you're going. And all the guns have different distances. Yeah. So you need to pick your weapon for the map. You need to pick your weapon for the the style. Um, sometimes it's fun to sit back in a big map and just snipe where you're aiming, you know, off screen above their head and half an inch in front because they're running and you yeah. get the shot and you're fucking you're cheering. In other games, I like to play very, very uh, aggressive sniping. So you're up in their face, you're 20 meters away, that sort of thing. And it's and you use different weapons. What I like about Battlefield 1 specifically, though, is whilst you might know all the foxholes in the map, you have um, atmospheric effects that are random. So you might play the same map six times. Anyone who plays BF1 will know Sinai Desert. Um, it's a desert map. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's a couple of water towers and some mountains in the distance that snipers love to camp in. And then you've got a shit ton of buildings. 
and some of the buildings roofs are accessible with you know mounted machine machine gun ex- emplacements okay yep. there's lots of two-story buildings so you can kind of hide inside a building open up the fucking the windows and shoot and snipe um but every second or third time you play the map you'll have a, a, a sandstorm and it makes it impossible to snipe because you can't see uh, more okay, than affects, five meters in front of you. Distance. Yeah, yeah, and that's when everyone switches to shotguns and literally just runs through yeah. the map, just nailing it left <laughs> and yep. right. I had to say the C-bomb at least once this episode because okay. Chris isn't here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy that. Now, in the name of the Tsar has added the Russian, um, the Russian conflict. So yeah. the first expansion was the French. Uh, the second expansion has been Russia. Um, and in Russia, there's a bunch of maps where the hills are on fire. It's kind of a grassland, mountainous grassland, but it's all on fire. So it's a smoke storm every time. Yeah. And okay. it actually gets in your eyes and you see red. And Oh, okay. Uh, so there's actual character effects yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, wow. There's some snow maps where, again, sometimes there's a blizzard, sometimes there's not when you play on the map. But it, you leave footprints. So if, you, you, if you're hunting prey, if you're human prey, yep. the best kind, um, you can actually follow their footsteps in the snow. Yeah, okay. um, some interesting, cool, dynamic effects. Modern gaming, man. Yeah, extra yeah. details and all that sort of shit where you didn't have it. Remember, me and Chris used to play. Uh, uh, fuck, it must have been Call of Duty Two, like yep. one of the old World War Two ones, and we would just set it at an unlimited time, one kill. Yep, and we were both snipers on the <laughs> night nighttime snow map. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And it would just it would literally just be the two of us, and we'd sit on like a long table like this, like yep. a dining room table, end to end. Yep, and we would just stalk each other for like two hours. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, it was it was great fun, and you just you would just have to sit and camp and just just go just one on one, no one else, and just just wait. I do like the fact that when you're playing this game, if you're if you're smart, it's it's very much like the the sniper movie. You take one shot, whether you miss or, or hit, you relocate. Got to move. You yeah. have to move. Actually, it was it's more like there's a World War Two movie with um, oh god, that's gonna bug me now. I can't. You're not talking about Enemy at the Gates. Yes. Yeah. Ed Harris and uh, Jude Jude Law. Law. That's yeah. him. Um, and very Ron, similar. Ron to that. Perlman. Yes, and Ron Perlman. He plays a fucking interesting yeah. character in that. Um, and speaking of Ron Perlman, um, yep. well, speaking of not Ron Perlman, that picture Hellboy. I sent you of that new Hellboy. Fuck, he looks good. He looks like Ron Perlman. And that's what Louis said, but and then I said, "Well, no, he doesn't look like Ron Perlman. He, looks like, he looks like fucking Hellboy." Yeah, and yeah, okay. But we all associate Hellboy with Ron. Ron, we do because yeah. he does personify yeah. that that character so fucking yeah. well in the in the he two does. movies. Oh, and he's great, and I love Rob Perlman. I think he's I think he's got a great he's a sense of humor. Actor. He's just he just he would be one of those guys. Ron Perlman would- chewing a cigar just works. Yeah, it's just oh perfect. exactly whether he's in Hellboy makeup or not or I anything mean, else. Yeah, he'd, he'd be really one of those guys where you just want to sit down and have a beer with him. I'm actually surprised he hasn't played more uh, grizzled veteran um, uh, drill sergeants in movies, military yeah. movies. Yeah, I can see him replacing. I can't remember the actor's name, but the old dude from the start of Avatar with the fucking scar across uh, his yeah, face that everybody wanted to play Cable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and he comes up. That actor plays a lot of those yeah, types of roles. Those... He's not in the movie for long. Doesn't have many lines. He's but... always that general with the uh, the hard flat top. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see Ron Perlman in that sort of thing. Yeah, chewing a stogie, yeah. telling the kids how it is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I think we're we're at time actually. So is there anything else you wanted to to jump throw in before we go? Uh, there was. Oh, I just we're we're at the end of. Uh, award season for the breweries uh, yep. for this year. So we just had the 
uh, Royal Sydney show, which was the, is, it was always the last one of the year. Um, so I just want to say congratulations to all of my brewing brethren. Um, so many of you did so so brilliantly this year across all of the awards. It's such a great time to be part of the brewing industry, and everybody's starting to release the photos now of all their medals from the yep. whole year. I mean, I saw Sydney Breweries and Mike Capaldo is one of my good friends. Um, they released a picture and it, God damn, there's so many medals on that page from this year, <laughs> uh, from, from all of the awards. So good on to them. Uh, good on, uh, Matt Hogan, our friend and brewer, head brewer at Hope Estate. He won a trophy at this Royal Sydney. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm sorry. I can't remember what it was. It was for one of these specialty barrel aged beers. Um, so that was, that was great to see them pick that up. Um, it's a really changing time in the industry at the moment. Um, we've just had the sale of Four Pines to CUB. Mm. So that changes. Um, there's a few other little bits and pieces happening within the industry. Uh, so, I mean, it's an interesting time for some of the larger breweries. Yeah. Um, it's a great time for some of the smaller breweries. And we're just about to hit summer, which is... It wasn't is... CUB, by the way. I don't think. Yes, it is. SAB Miller InBev. Yeah, okay. So AB InBev. AB InBev bought SAB Miller, SAB Miller bought CUB. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. It's uh, like the, the pee in the cup game, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're just about to hit summer, which awards season is over, uh, and now we start focusing on uh, beer festival season. Yeah. So The drinking side of it. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're out of the stressful time and uh, getting entering awards and then having beers to awards on time and then judging awards and then getting results. Yep. We're fucking out of that period. We're now just at beer festival season. so We just keep, get to enjoy a couple of beers. Exactly. So everybody keep an eye out. There's, uh, fuck, what have we got coming up? We've got we've actually got a beer and barbecue festival at my brewery, the Australian Brewery, uh, in November. I think it's, I want to say early November, but I'm probably wrong. Uh, we've got, uh, what else have we got coming up? We've got the Australian Beer Festival in yep. two weeks' time which is the 13th to the 15th, which is the uh, the beer festival in at the Rocks uh, in Sydney. Um, oh, there's a whole bunch of other shit happening. I uh, want to say Banter will probably attend at least one of those. Yeah. So we'll definitely be at the Australian Brewery because yep. it's down the road and I can hassle the shit out of you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably be amongst quite a lot of that. It's certainly... Either a bounty hunter brewing representative or a banner representative. Yeah, definitely. Kind we'll, of both. We'll, we'll be around. Yeah. Um, and also for the brewing side of things, we're launching in Melbourne next week. Okay. Melbourne doesn't know this yet, but we're about to uh, Which spam will be- everybody's emails. And uh, absolutely, we've, we've only sent six kegs of each of our World 8 Peach and Raspberry Sour and six kegs of our What Did You Do, Ray, the Burnt Marshmallow Brown. We've only sent six of those down, so they're going to be super, super limited. Um, we're going to hit Catfish up because we know uh, we know the boys at Catfish. Yep. Uh, they, they we know listen. they listen too. We know they listen. Big shout out to yep. those guys. Yep. Hey, Kieran. Um, we're going we're gonna to hit you up. I'm going to send you an email before this episode even comes out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this will be out next weekend. So it'll be the week that it just finished so by the time you hear the it that those kegs will go out. 9th of October. So that's yep. around the time that we – so the kegs hit Melbourne next week and we're going to start selling down there. So we'll we'll get them out into the market. Um, anybody that listens down in Melbourne, keep an eye out. Go to the brewing page as well, uh, and you'll you'll see where they're up on there. But yeah, I mean that's that's it industry cool. wise. So yeah, it's time to drink some beer and eat some meat. Yep. All right. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thank you. Cheers.